able to uh, listen to uh, last night uh, vesper meeting as sister golda uh, finally pointed out it is so amazing to see how uh, our children are so skilled and and uh, filled with the holy spirit so very very nice sermons i truly truly appreciate uh, the children ministry leaders who and the parents who really equipped and edified them uh, for his glory and also i would like to just ask you to uh, keep this uh, prayer request in your uh, personal and church prayers there is a very venomous flood in south india many houses are washed out and many people are missing so please uh, keep this uh, a prayer request in your prayers and i sincerely appreciate many people are texting me and praying and calling me and expressing their uh, uh, appreciation uh, for choosing this month for revival meeting from the book of uh, joel and uh, when they shared uh, we do understand and feel that many uh, hearts are uh, touched by the holy spirit and there is nothing that i should take credit on it it's all by the holy spirit that god has chosen as to be revived and reformed so let's consider that uh, this month is completely taken by the control of the holy spirit so let's uh, heed to this message and uh, be uh, blessed and today our topic is the clock is ticking the clock is ticking come with me to an imaginary journey to afghanistan twenty fourteen may second was the day of disaster for this particular town called agro afghanistan in order to summarize this event there were two landslides fell upon this town agro and about 2100 people were buried alive because of this landslide and when this uh, district officer explained it it was quite emotional when you see in the next uh, slide the first landslide swallowed 300 to 400 homes in the agro district of barakshan province in the northern afghanistan where an estimated 200 I'm uh, sorry 2700 people resided authorities said in a rescue almost 600 people from nearby village volunteered to help dig people out but a new or the second landslide occurred and consumed many if not all of them too said shah walila adib the provincial governor Uh, Barakshan. You know, as I was reading this article, this news, it 
did not happen all of a sudden. Since morning, there was mud or uh, uh, pieces of sand dropping down from the hill nearby. A small rubble and, and stones were rolling from that uh, nearby hills. And that governor and the geologist and also the village presidents and the officers were asking the residents to leave immediately. But they were thinking that uh, today is like yesterday. What change actually is going to occur? So they were just in that houses and they were cooking and just eating and just enjoying uh, in front of TV. The day was just uh, normal for them. And the village officer was just shouting and yelling, the clock is ticking, come out, let's run and escape. Because I could see the stones and the mud is slowly dropping as he was shouting and yelling for them to come out. A landslide just occurred and just killed 2,100 people alive. And in the book of Joel, a similar warning, not only to the people of Agro in Afghanistan, but for the whole world. The book of Joel is just warning about the second coming of Jesus Christ. Book of Joel, although uh, just a tiny bit of chapters, but every message, every warning, every gospel is straight to the people who are living at the last moment. Although it was pronounced in the Old Testament, but the core of the message is for you and for me. You know, second coming of Jesus Christ or the message of the coming of Jesus is a frequent sermon. That almost every pastor and every Bible worker, every evangelist must have preached at least a few times. And at the same time, second coming of Jesus Christ's sermon is one of the frequent sermons seriously despised. Because it is many times heard message. But however, when you come to book of Joel, there are five times our five verses talk about the coming of Jesus Christ. You know, coming of Jesus Christ or the day of the Lord supposed to be good news for all of us. But when you read the book of Joel, it is not good news. All these five verses say the Lord of the, the day of the Lord is bad news. And I'm going to take through all the five verses for your attention to substantiate my thesis today. Joel chapter 1 verse 15 is the first text that God is mentioning about uh, the coming of Jesus Christ. Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and as the destruction from the Almighty shall it come. When you read Joel chapter 1 verse 15, among these five texts, 
the first text is not very positive. It says the, uh, the day of the Lord is at hand and as the destruction from the Almighty shall it come. Verse 2, Joel chapter 2, verse 2. It says, <clears throat> Blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound an alarm in my holy mountain. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble, for the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand. A day of darkness and of gloominess, a day of clouds and a thick darkness, as the morning spread upon the mountains, a great people and a strong, there hath not been ever the like, neither shall be any more after it, even to the years of many generations. And the day of the Lord here in the second text considered as the darkness and the gloominess is a thick darkness like. No, nothing favored even from this text. No positiveness. Chapter 2 verse 11. The third text about the second coming of Jesus Christ in the book of Joel. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great. For he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is a great and very terrible. Very terrible. I was just reading this over and over. Oh Lord, where you are taking me? Where you are taking your congregations? Because the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. And who can abide it? Very terrible day. Chapter 2 verse 31. The fourth verse of the fifth. The sun will be turned to darkness. And the moon to blood before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord. Verse 11 says, terrible day. Verse 31 says, the day of the Lord is great and dreadfulness. No positive text here in Joel about the coming of Jesus Christ. Verse 5, chapter 3, verse 14. Multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. In other words, while people are still thinking to decide, Jesus will come. So multitudes, multitudes in the valley of decision. For the day of the Lord is near in the valley of decision. And the whole month. I personally pray to the Lord, Lord, on behalf of the church, I am dedicating this October for revival and reformation. And every time when we say amen at the end of the sermon, judgment opens for us. And if we are still in the valley of decision without making a concrete and confirmed decision, the day of the Lord will be terrible and also dreadful. But however, here is the message from the Lord. 
And all these five verses, it seems to us negative. It seems to us bad news. It seems to us threatening, scary, just because of these four locusts. Because of these four locusts. Ignorance of unity. Ignorance of commitment. Ignorance of understanding the condition of the church. And ignorance of whether we are doing it sin or not. Because of these four locusts. The coming of Jesus Christ will not be good news for many. That's what Joel says. But our question is, how to make the bad news to good news? How to make bad news to good news? Because Joel is talking about second coming of Jesus Christ in five verses in the whole book of Joel. And all these five verses are not positive or good news. He's talking that the day of the Lord is terrible. The day of the Lord is darkness and gloominess. And the day of the Lord is utter dreadful day. So how can I make it as good news? And that's what we are going to listen to joyous. Let's pray. God in heaven. O Lord, we come to your holy presence. Speak to us, O Lord. Our hearts are troubled but at the same time receptive. Speak to us through your prophet joy so that none of us will fail in revival and reformation. If there is one day that we have to reflect our character into Jesus Christ, and that's today, dear Lord, speak to us, O Lord, please speak to us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Number one, how to make Christ coming as a good news based on the book of Joel. Number one, bring revival into your prayer life. Bring revival into prayer, uh, into your prayer life. Brothers and sisters, please do not consider this sermon as one of the sermons from our birth, we are listening. Because every year, 52 divine service, 52 vesper meeting, 52 devotions, and 52 Wednesdays. Don't ever think as is one of them, please. Because this is the time that we have to consider, justify our lives. Therefore, how to make Christ coming as good news for us, rather than terrible day, dreadful day, darkness and gloominess. Number one, bring revival into your prayer life. Joel chapter 1, verse 14. This is what Joel says. Joel chapter 1, verse 14. It says, declare a holy fast, call a sacred assembly, summon the elders, and all who live in the land 
to the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. So how this dreadful day can be a happy day? How come the darkness and gloominess can be joyful occasion? How come this dreadful day may be a good news for all of us is because when we bring revival into our prayer lives. Because the next verse 15 says, the day of the Lord is a dreadful day. Brothers and sisters, we have prayer meetings. We have semi-night prayer. We have seldom night prayers. These all a warning for all of us to bring revival into our prayer life. Prayer life is very, very important, which connects God and our lives together. I don't know how many of you have dedicated your life for prayer. I'm sorry to say, when there is a secular program, one text is enough. One text is enough for secular program. But if there is a call for sacred assembly, if there is call for a prayer meeting, if there is a call for fasting prayer, the leaders, I'm sorry for them, leaders have to send reminder after reminder, text after text. But yet, those 12 people come always. And those 10 people always attend. What happened to the prayer life that we have at the moment? And Joel says, if you really want to have the day of the Lord, I have good news and happy news and happy day and good news. Please bring revival into your prayer life. Never sleep. Wake up. God is coming. Jesus is coming. There was when I was a child. Every time. Almost one, one in each quarter. Night prayer. From about 7 o'clock till in the morning. 6 o'clock. Church used to be packed. But today, people don't like that. Okay, bring semi-night prayer. I have never heard in my life semi-night prayer. But it was introduced. Even in that, oh, it's too much. It's too much. So let's have just a three hours prayer. Start from 8 o'clock, finish at 12 o'clock. Wednesday, prayer meeting. Same that five people. Same that four people. Where is our revival in our prayer life? God is watching everything, whether are we busy really or not. Bring revival into your prayer life. Joel chapter 2, verse 15 to 17. Here it says, Blow a ram's horn, trumpet in Zion. Declare a day of repentance, a holy fast day. Call a public meeting. Get everyone there. Consecrate the congregation. Make sure the elders come. But bring in the children too. Even the nursing baby. I was really thrilled about this text. In Joel chapter 2, 15 to 17. See, bring the babies. Bring the nursing uh, children. 
and bring the elders, bring the congregation, consecrate the church. Why? Because people are scattered with so many opinions. People are scattered with so many opinions. Bring, elders bring them, pastors bring them. Even men and women on their honeymoon, interrupt them and get them there. Why? The day of the Lord is coming. No escape whatsoever. Bring them there between sanctuary, entrance and altar. Let the priest, God's servants, weep tears of repentance. Tell them intercede. Have mercy, God, on your people. Don't abandon your heritage to contempt. Don't let the pagans take over and they are ensnared. What a mighty words that God is reminding us through prophet Joel. Bring everybody, consecrate them. You know, whenever we come for night prayer or semi-night prayer, we have a beautiful scroll on the altar. And they ask us to write. Ask us to write. And they ask for prayer request. I'm very happy that people are just giving them, please pray for this and pray for that and pray for... But Book of Joel, never talk about it. They say, call your congregation, consecrate them, let them pray. There should be only one agenda in the prayer meeting. Call for repentance. Lord, I don't know whether you will bless my children or bless my family or bless my employment, whether you will heal me from the Corona or you will preserve me. Doesn't matter, Lord, but I want my family and my child to be there when you come. Let's try to minimize our needs. Let's try to minimize all our prayer requests for our own self. Let's bring the congregation. That's what the book of Joel helps us to understand. Consecrate them. Even the people who have gone for honeymoon, bring them in. Interrupt them. Which means Joel is not joking. He knows the seriousness of the last days. That's why including the babies, nursing babies, elders and pastors come and cry out. Because today, it may be a joking day. People take it a bit easy. One of the sermons today. But when the Lord comes, who will abide it? Who will abide it? I have experienced the power of prayer in my life. 1994. That was my first crusade in Chennai or Madras. The church asked me to pastor, you can conduct the crusade, so you go ahead. So they donated money and they said, we give money, so also we work for you. So there are about eight, nine people got together to support me to go for uh, groundwork, visiting people and just giving the literatures and and, uh, and the promotion was very beautifully. And Sunday, the meeting starts. And Saturday, I was called to preach in a different district. And after the sermon, I had a tummy pain. 
I couldn't bear it. I was sweating, literally sweating. You can see how Satan is a liar. He doesn't like people being revived. I was taken to hospital. They said I have kidney stone. So I can't move for the next one or two days. Then I said with my pain, no, I have to be in Chennai tomorrow because I'm preaching. Doctor said, listen, if you want to die, you can die. We won't force you, but you can't. I received a phone call. The whole church there praying in the evening. Lord, bring our pastor. We need him. I'll show why it happened. We prayed. And I cannot forget, in the morning, doctor took the scan. And he said, it's so surprised, Melky. You can go. You are all right. You are all right. And in that meeting, there are about 13 people from different religion got baptized. It's because of the power of prayer. You know, the power of prayer goes to hospital. Wake the sick people up. Bring them home. The power of prayer goes to prison and transform people. The power of prayer goes to care home. Even the people who are about to die, they are touched by the Holy Spirit and ready for the kingdom of God. That power of prayer goes to school, goes everywhere, even in any employment, and bring the people to the feet of the Lord and just to say, Lord, I am ready, because that's the power of prayer. So Joel says, listen, if you want to make the day of the Lord a good news, you have to revive your prayer life. Bring some reformation into your prayer life. I'm very happy as the servant of the Lord that when I see the video, many people, as soon as the prayer is announced, people are kneeling down, respecting the prayer. Joel chapter 2, verse 32, then I'll go to the second point. Joel chapter 2, verse, uh, verse uh, okay, but it's the next slide, fine. Okay. Yet even now, declares the Lord, written to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. What is the first one? Bring revival into your prayer life. Today, my brothers and sisters, if there is at least one still have no passion for prayer, still you can't consider you are a prayer warrior, Today is the day that we have to take a determination that my life is going to be changed utterly. That I'm going to spend time in prayer. Nevertheless, five minutes or ten minutes or half an hour, one hour, praise the Lord in prayer. Ask God to fill your heart with Holy Spirit. Our life can be transformed if our prayer life is revived. And number two, Number two, Joel chapter two, 
verse 12. That's what I just uh, read. Joel chapter 2, verse 12, it says, Revival in your submission to the Lord. I like that point. In fact, uh, I meditated and tried to confess myself. Revival in your submission to the Lord. You know, we submit to God when we are available. We are committing to God when it is possible. You just mark this word. You can find these words in book of Joel. We come to God or we accept the commitment when we are available, when we are possible. And we submit to the Lord when we are available. But God doesn't want half-minded submission. God doesn't want submission when we are available. God doesn't want our submission only when it is possible. God doesn't want half-minded or half-available submission. He expects the full commitment, full submission. I don't know how I'm going to explain this, but I will give you three verses for you to understand that half-minded people, half-submission will never be considered in heaven. Revelation chapter 3 verse 14. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of Amen. The faithful and true witness mark that word. To the church of Laodicea, God introduced himself as a true witness. He knows, are you really available or are you really possible? God knows because he is true witness. Why we are not committing? Why we are not submitting to the Lord? Okay, I can tell you, oh, I'm not available. But we, I can't lie to the Lord. True witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds. End of the story. God says, I know your deeds. That you are neither cold nor hot, which means half submission. Lord, I'm available this, this time. I can't be all the time. Lord, I can do when it is possible. This is my comfort zone. This is not my comfort zone. This is where I like. This is where I don't like. God says, no, doesn't matter. it doesn't work like that. He says, I know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were neither one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. James chapter 4 verse 8. James chapter 4 verse 8. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. And Jesus says, if you think you can come to me only when you are available. Then I have. I will say that I can come to you only when I am available. If we say, Lord, it is not possible for me to 
submit all of my time, God will say, I'm not here to submit all my time to you. If you draw near to God, then I will draw near to you. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 and 5. Deuteronomy chapter 6, 4 and 5. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Jesus did not give half-life on the cross. Jesus did not give half-life. Jesus gave full life for you and me. Jesus never heals half-sickness. Jesus never. He cleansed fully. Blind. Both eyes were blind. And both the eyes were able to see. God did not say, okay, right, yeah, I can do only half, so one eye can be open. Possessed to person, only half. And when we are praying for healing, okay, right, because you are giving me only half, so I will cleanse only half. God doesn't say that. God never wipes our half of the tears. He will wipe away all the tears. Bible says. But when it comes to our situation, we will commit ourselves when it is available, when it is possible. What is comfort zone for me? What I like, I can come. But God doesn't say that. So therefore, Joel says, bring revival in submitting yourself to the Lord. Complete submission, complete commitment. I would like to give you uh, a spirit of prophecy quote from Christ in his sanctuary. Our pioneers submitted all their time and effort for God's truth. Often be reminded together until late at night, Sister Ellen Jewett writes, and sometimes through the entire night. Praying for light and studying the word. Again and again, these brethren came together to study the Bible in order that they might know its meaning and be prepared to teach it with power. All night, they came together over and over, again and again, sometime whole night. We would search the scriptures with much prayer and the Holy Spirit would bring the truth to our minds. Sometime, whole nights would be devoted to searching the scriptures and earnestly asking God for guidance. Companies of devoted men and women assembled for this purpose. That's why we have 28 fundamental beliefs. That's why we have strong Bible-based church here because there was a time that people gave up, not based on availability, not based on possibility, but complete submission to the Lord. That's why the Holy Spirit poured out. And we have sanctuary. We have Sabbath. We have second coming. We have spirit of prophecy. We have all kinds of biblical truth and our church is rich with truth 
and doctrines. And number three, number one, bring revival into your prayer life. Bring revival into our submission to the Lord. And number three, bring revival in your confidence. Bring revival in your confidence. Joel says, we have to think, I am able to do it. Let's see, Joel chapter 3 verse 10. Let the weak say, I am strong. Let the weak say, I am strong. Joel doesn't say, let the weak go to gym to be strong. No. Let the weak go get experience and come back and serve. But if you are really thinking that the day of the Lord should be happy day, should be good news, then let the weak say, I am strong whatsoever because our confidence is upon Jesus Christ. We are anchored in Jesus Christ because Jesus is our strength. We don't have to go for any training. We don't have to go for any experience. Jesus is our experience. Therefore, bring revival into our confidence and faith. Let the weak say, I am strong. If we are weak in prayer, if we are weak in committing ourselves for the task of Jesus Christ, if we are weak in preaching, if we are weak, oh, I can't, I can't ignore. As I mentioned last night, uh, uh, I, I just listened to our young children's preaching and their voice and their words. When they come to my age, they would be far, far better than myself. They don't say, oh, I, I don't know. I'm inexperienced. I don't know anything about it, so I can't do. Who are we to say I can't do when it comes to the business of God? It is God who has to assess whether I know or not. We have to bring revival in our confidence. When the call is... I have to say, yes, I am here, Lord. Take me, mold me, use me. But as soon as the call is come, no, I don't know it. I'm not experienced it. I'm not available. It's not possible. All kinds of excuses and excuses and excuses. I'm very sorry to say there is no excuse to Jesus Christ. Gideon said it, like you and me. I'm so weak in my tribe. But in Judges chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus says, The Lord turned to him, Gideon, Go in the strength you have, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? That, that, that the last line really equipping me, encouraging me in many, 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 many occasions. It is God who is calling you. Have confidence. Don't be weak. Don't feel that you are underestimated. Don't think that you are less used. Stand up and raise for Jesus. Jesus will mold you. Jesus will shape you because he is our strength. If you believe that our anchor is Jesus Christ, then we will be anchored in Jesus Christ. 
And Gideon was saying, oh, Lord, you know what? I don't know. I'm inexperienced. I cannot come in. I'm not available. It's not possible. And Jesus says, and God says, turn to him and say, go in the strength. Am I not sending you? Then in 16th verse, God says back to, because he, were, he kept giving excuses. And finally, in the 16th verse, God said to Gideon, the Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Medians as if you were fighting against one man. What about Moses? Even Moses was in the same predicament. He murdered a person. He ran away. And now God picked him up. Come here. You have to go back. What? Am I going back to Egypt? No, 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 no. It is not possible. That place is not comfort zone for me. No, I'm not available. I'm sorry, God. I can't speak. I am sick. I'm ill. I cannot do that. Hear what Exodus chapter 4 says. Exodus chapter 4, verse 11 says, and 12, the Lord said to him, said to Moses, who makes a man able to talk? Who makes him unable to hear or speak? Who makes him able to see? Who makes him blind? It is I, the Lord. Now go. I will help you speak. I will teach you what to say. Joel says, of course, the day of the Lord is dreadful. Of course, the day of the Lord is terrible. Of course, the day of the Lord is darkness and full of gloominess. But still, Joel is helping us to understand God is with you. So bring revival into your confidence. Have faith. Don't be troubled. Don't think you are weak. You are strong. As long as Jesus is with you. As long as Jesus is with you. Never underestimate yourself. Don't think you can't do anything. You can do. As long as I say, when God is with me, everything is possible. Everything is possible. Let me finish with one uh, story. Happened in Amsterdam, Netherlands. Like our Thames River, there is a beautiful river, Amstel River, in Amsterdam, Netherlands. In 15th century, <clears throat> there is a man named Peter Becken. He had a boat and he took people from one stop to another stop. Okay, many people used to come to the boat stop and he will take them to offices and drop them here and there because that uh, Amstel River goes all over <clears throat> the residential area like Venice. However, he didn't believe the Catholic pressure. He didn't want to worship the images. He didn't want at all. He despised Catholic doctrines and principles. Therefore, he decided to have a small church in his boat itself. So he pretended as if he's picking up 
the passengers, but he was not picking up the passenger, the church members. They were worshipping very secretly in the boat in one of the corners. So he picked up two from one stop, three from another stop, and four from or one from this stop and that stop. So he collected people and he worshipped in the boat itself. Some of the news went to the headquarters of Roman Catholic Church. And they said, Peter, you have to stop it. No. What God started in me, he will finish when he comes. So I can't. And finally, the judgment was passed that he has to be burned to death. However, the news went to his friend, William Tanisi. So William came running. Hey, Peter, what's wrong with you? You want to die? Live longer. You are still young. Just listen to them and be happy. Just renounce what you have accepted. Just leave. See, look, your wife is there, your children there. And beautiful people are your friends. So just don't worry about it. Just leave them. Don't, don't, don't have your separate church. Don't worry about it. Listen to what the Catholic says and live long. You'll be prospered. He said, why should I do that? When my Bible says that I have to do what God asked me to do. You can read that. You can go and just find out this article and read it. He said, when God calls me, how can I say no? When God teaches me, how can I say no to that? How can I say no to that? He was taken and tied up on the pole. Their fire was about to lit. But somehow this William wanted to save him. So he brought his children. Okay, you ask your father to come down. Ask him to just renounce it. So children they were crying, Daddy, what is your decision? And he said, my sweet children, I have given you a letter and the letter is with mummy. Read it. And before he was burned to death, he wrote a letter for his children and wife. And the letter says, from my birth till now, God did not do any wrong to me. He was always good to me. Why should I renounce him? He was my lifespan. And even if I die, the God of resurrection will raise me up when he comes. And the children read it. Read the letter. And they became so proud of their father. And they said, in front of the children, the wife said, please go ahead. Because we will see you when Jesus comes. Because he completely submitted to the Lord's. And he brought revival in his confidence. He was not feared. He did not submit half or when it's available, when it's possible. As Joel says, he brought revival in his confidence. 
and he was so glad along with the children's approval along with wife's wishes he said i will die for jesus christ burn me because i will see my children again i will see my wife again my god of resurrection will raise me and one day i will be in heaven that's the letter there and today my dear brothers and sisters how do you think you want how do i think i want the day of the lord but if we want that day should be happy day for me today we have to decide are we going to revive our prayer life are we going to revive how we are so serious in our commitment to the lord are we serious about prospering and raising and growing our confidence in jesus christ christ is coming and when we submit ourselves to the lord he will raise us up god bless you amen Marvelous grace of our loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount outpoured, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilt. Grace, grace, God's grace, Grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace. Grace that is greater than all our sin. Sin and despair like the sea waves cold. Threaten the soul with infinite loss. Grace that is greater, yes, grace untold, points to the refuge, the mighty cross. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, Grace that is greater than all our sin. Marvellous, infinite, matchless grace. Freely bestowed on all who believe. You that are longing to see his face. Will you this moment his grace receive? Grace, grace. God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, a grace that is greater than all our sin. Amen. Shall we kneel down for...
closing prayer. <clears throat> our mighty God in heaven, our Father, we come to your holy presence this afternoon. Thank you so much for this wonderful book of joy that you have given us to bring revival in our hearts, dear Lord. Please, dear Lord, send us the Holy Spirit so that he will speak to us. Help us not to despise of all these warnings, dear Lord, because the day of the Lord is coming very soon and it is in our hands. Please, dear Lord, help us to bring revival into our prayer life. Help us to speak to you. Help us to cast our burden upon you through prayer. Help us to pray for one another. On any way, dear Lord, help us not to be influenced by wrong opinions. Help us not to be influenced by wrong forces. But help us to be in prayer and in supplication. Listen to you, what you are asking us to do. Oh, dear Lord, people are not Savior. You are our Savior. And please help us, dear Lord. Encourage us and motivate us so that we will just kneel down whenever it's possible to just speak to you. And also, dear Lord, we thank you. It is not whenever, when, whenever we are available or possible or when the time is permitting or comforts and whatsoever, dear Lord, please help us to be one-minded and one likeness. So that our submission and our commitment will be full to you. Because you are a perfect God who does everything in complete. Oh, dear Lord, many times we feel so weak. And many times, dear Lord, we feel fragile. In the name of Jesus, as you are our strength and our wisdom and our righteousness, please, dear Lord, may the Spirit of God, may the strength of God be in us to strengthen us so that we don't have to say that I am less used, I am useless for such things. But dear Lord, please help us to say boldly, lifting our shoulder and lifting our head on high to say that I am strong because you are strong. And please, dear Lord, bring revival and reformation in our lives so that our lives will be strengthened. And when our children see us, they should not see a discouraged mother, discouraged father, Unpraying father, unpraying mother, but rather let the children see my daddy is so strong in prayer. My daddy is so strong in Bible. My daddy is so, so strong in faith. My mama is so strong in spiritual life. Let them learn from the parents, Lord. Changes, transformers, so that we will be an example to our generation. Please, dear Lord, help us to 
boldly call the assembly and consecrate them. Very soon, dear Lord, the church will be open. Help us to go there and just weep and mourn and just uh, confess our sins so that our lives will be transformed by the Holy Spirit. If there is anyone, dear Lord, still feels so weak, if there is anyone still affected by the negative influence, if there is still somebody there with negative feelings, please, dear Lord, motivate them, change them. Life is quite rough, but still, dear Lord, when you are with us, we can walk by the strength of the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much for that confidence, Lord. Thank you so much for that faith. We pray for all the children and young people. Bless them, bless their talents, Lord. We also pray for the people who are dying in the flood back in India and problems in so many countries. Preserve your people for your glory. Thank you for hearing our prayers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. May the grace of our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ, and the love of our Father, and the constant communion of the Holy Spirit may bring revival and reformation today and forevermore. Amen. Amen. We are grateful for all of you who have joined in making our worship today a spirit-filled one. We believe that God has indeed been amongst us and uh, we pray that this series of revival will bring a change in our lives and will not stand against us on the day of judgment. And thank you for all of you who have joined us online and uh, been part of this experience today. We look forward to seeing you again next week, God's prayer in our lives. And we want to use this opportunity to ask you to continue to pray for our pastor and his family that his ministry will continue to be blessed, that the Lord will keep him um, and his family. You know, the um, burden that is on his shoulders at this moment, we ask that the Lord will, you know, bring a blessing to his ministry and he will use it to bless us as well. Um, we want to remind us that, that after your lunch and after having a good rest, at 3.30, we're converging again through this Zoom meeting to um, be a part of the, uh, the speech of our councillor from Braintree, the local government chairman, and also from our um, community services director. We also want to remind you also of um, the meeting tomorrow of the Non-Adventist Bible Study. Please be a part of this. We... Thank you for joining us and we pray that you have a lovely meal and hoping to see you again at half past three. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Happy Sabbath all. Sabbath.
song that will cheer us by the way. In a little while we're going home, for the night will end in the everlasting day. In a little while we're going home, in a little while, in a little while, we shall cross the billows foam. We shall meet at last when the stormy winds are past. In a little while we're going home. There's a rest beyond, there's relief from every care. In a little while we're going home. And no tears shall fall in the city bright and fair. In a little while we're going home. In a little while, in a little while, we shall cross the billows fall. We shall meet at last when the stormy winds are past. In a little while we're going. Hello, Uncle. Can you see hello? Hello. Hello. 
Jesus, 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 Jesus,